Welcome to this episode of CEO Perspectives, a signature series by the Conference Board. CEO Perspectives are conversations that take an objective, nonpartisan look at a range of subjects that matter most to business leaders. I'm Steve Odlin, the CEO of the Conference Board and the host of this series. And in today's conversation, we're discussing the importance of financial acumen for C-suite leaders. Why is it important for leaders to understand financials? How can they ensure that they're proficient and how can boards help? You are listening to CEO Perspectives, a podcast by the Conference Board. Joining me today is Maria Dowdy, the President and CEO of the Chicago Network. Welcome, Maria. Thank you, Steve. So, Maria, first of all, tell us a little bit about yourself, your career, and what is the Chicago Network? I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. Uh, I am an attorney by profession and uh, had a wonderful uh, career at a a large uh, financial services organization, had multiple roles within that company. And then in uh, 2020, I was recruited and to take on a role in the nonprofit sector. And so I, I signed, I always love to share that I signed my contract in February of 2020 with an April 2020 start date. So it has been quite the journey. I'm not sure I would recommend anyone making a transition uh, from the from any, any sector, quite honestly, uh, during the middle of a global pandemic, but it has been an absolute privilege and a, uh, to be part of the Chicago Network at this really critical time in our country. Yeah, Black Swan events are, you know, supposed to be once in a lifetime, but I think in in our careers we've probably uh, dealt with four or five of them and it's a really not a great time to to make a shift, but you know, we all survive. So tell us about the Chicago Network, what all the great work that you're doing. Yeah, so the organization was started in 1979 by nine female CEO executives who uh, who found that as they continued to climb the corporate ladder, it was very lonely at the top. And they found each other and they became each other's professional and then ultimately personal support system. They realized they had something really special going. They sent out 113 letters to women across 11 different sectors of Chicagoland. So this group is extraordinarily diverse uh, from exec corporate executives to entrepreneurs to CEOs of, of health systems. Uh, you'll be sitting next to an astrophysicist, an author, an artist, and everything we do, our purpose is empowering women to lead and our initiatives and our, and, and our focus is always through that lens. So we're really uh, this incredible organization that has sustained the course of time just because these women are committed to each other and they're committed really to the purpose uh, of, of our of our group as well as the mission and the people that we serve. And, and is it all still in Chicagoland? It is all in Chicagoland, correct. Wow, what a great place to live then. Um, so you're doing a lot. Of, so you feel strongly uh, that part of that, the leadership development and part of what this group has come to is that financial acumen is a key part of development for leadership positions. How did you come to that conclusion? Well, everything flows from financial wellness of an organization. I mean, honestly, it's it's table stakes. And as, as a leader, um, you need to have an ask, handle on every aspect of the, um, of the organization and really un- fundamentally the financial aspect of the organization. And so 
we know it helps set strategy and it determines an organization's path. And it doesn't really matter what sector you're in. This is something that is universal across all the sectors. So whether you're in a for-profit, non-profit, you're an entrepreneur, having financial acumen is absolutely critical. And it also is, it's incredibly important to understand the implications of strategy and risk. And I mean, think about it. When you understand the finances of an organization, uh, you can pivot faster. And that was clearly important during the pandemic. It was something that actually, as, as women were, were, were negotiating and navigating through the pandemic, particularly as we all know, the financial space, the financial area of every organization was impacted. And so as, an, as, as we came together as a Chicago network and support system, we had many, many conversations amongst the leaders to talk about what are you doing? How are you managing, particularly on managing uh, revenue, of course, but also expenses in the back end? How are you dealing with issues regarding employees? Um, it was, you know, those who had a really strong financial acumen uh, had a very clear picture and could move much faster and more efficiently. They were also able, what I learned is I saw them able to diagnose what was working and what was not working and what really needed improvement. They clearly made informed decisions when they had a sense of what was happening on the, you know, the bottom line of the organization. So it was, um, it was, it was definitely a differentiator without question. Those who had a strong financial acumen had, had stronger, ultimately had stronger results on the back end. Yeah, and this this is all of this is true regardless of gender, number one, but also regardless of whether you're in a black swan event or just in normal business. I mean, everything that you said is 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 incredibly important because it it's in a leadership role, you have to have all dimensions, um, you know, and, and have acumen in that. But describe for us what you mean. When you say financial acumen, some people think, well, that requires an, you know, an MBA in finance. Others say, well, that requires some working knowledge. Where, you know, where do you come out on that? Well, I, I mean, I, I don't think a CEO needs to be a CPA, but there's no question they have to understand how the money is flowing in and flowing out of an organization. They need to understand how to read financial statements. And as shocking as that may sound, there, there are, there are executives that may, you know, may not be able to really clearly read a financial statement. They have to understand how accounting standards work. They have to understand how accruals work. If you're publicly traded, you have a whole host of other things that you really need to have an understanding on from a regulatory standpoint. So to me, it's really understanding how money flows in and out, being able to read a financial statement and a PL, you know, PL statement, understanding how cash flow works, all that to me, that's that's financial acumen. Yeah, and it it really is important, and and I think you know a lot of people think of it as this you know this sort of you know black box, this mysterious thing, this you know this financial stuff, but it really is no different in some ways than the way we run our households. I mean, the, the cash out cannot exceed the cash in, and that's what you're saying in terms of that's what cash flow is is understanding what are the sources of cash coming in. And what's going out? Because as long as you keep that in balance, you're you're you know you're you're leading a perpetual motion machine, right? Exactly. And you know, most companies, it's about profitability. Um, they they have to uh, have strong performance and profitability, whether they're publicly traded or privately held, in order to be sustainable. Yeah, and and this is the point: the sustainability is off. You know, the word and the the concept is used as it relates to. You know supply chains, environment, and so forth. But but 
you know, the biggest point of sustainability is making sure that it's financially sustainable. And I think that's really the impact if people don't understand it is that they can fly the plane into the ground. Right. And you may not even realize you're flying the plane into the ground until you're, you know, literally underwater. <laughs> right. I mean, you could, you could, you, you could have flown the plane under the ground. And if you don't know how to read a, a, a profit and loss statement, you, you wouldn't know it. You wouldn't know it. No. And, and you're taking others with you. Right. I mean, it, you're not, if you were in it solo, okay, but you're taking uh, employees, you're taking shareholders, you're taking other external stakeholders that may, may have a, a play in, in the investors, whatever it is, you could be taking everybody down with you. And I think the interesting thing is, you know, if a CEO does not have uh, financial acumen, they they may be taking risks that they shouldn't be taking. And, you know, they may not be asking the right questions, or even worse, they may not be asking, they may not know what questions to ask. I mean, that's even, that to me is even scarier. Um, and it could also lack, it could lead to a lack of confidence and the, the CEO themselves has a lack of confidence in their ability to lead. And that, um, you know, that, that could be much, have much greater and broader implications to an organization than just the, um, the profitability aspect, right? When you have a, a CEO that doesn't have confidence, then you have a cultural potential cultural crisis in in the in, in in the organization. Yeah, and you can't control what comes at you in life, as we've learned over and over again. You know, whether it's a, a stock market crash, a plane hitting a building, you know, terrorist event, whether it's a financial crisis, whether it's a recession, a pandemic. I mean, each one of these things happen in the exogenous world, and you can't just keep your head down. You have to understand the pressure points on the business, and hence you know, the financial performance of the business. And as a result, you need to also understand what what buttons you can push, where you need to dial back, what the sensitivities are. And all of this is part of financial acumen too, isn't it? Absolutely, without yeah. question. And I think, you know, one of the things that's really interesting is when you're looking now, you know, there's so much focus on board of directors, right? We're seeing just this high increase of, of, of uh, duty, fiduciary duties of boards of directors. And the one thing, you know, as we look at some of the recruiting that's happening now for independent board directors, they really want directors who have financial acumen. It's really important because they will then help the CEO and lead the organization in, in, in support uh, of, of profitability and, and sustainability for the organization. So it's, it's, clearly the, it's clearly a critical aspect of an organizational focus. Yeah, it's a really good point. You know, uh, there had been a push for a while to balkanize the board. In other words, hire your IT expert for the board, your HR expert over here for the board, you know, your risk act. But, you know, really the board as a whole is accountable for the oversight. And how can you oversee, you know, management decisions, plans, and so forth, if you don't understand the financial implications? So it all requires, you know, a huge amount of financial literacy and experience. I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, let's go back to you're in an organization and you aspire to have a leadership role, you know, and it doesn't necessarily have to be the CEO, although we always, you know, we've been talking about that. How do you start to develop more financial expertise? I mean, if you're in the finance organization, well, okay, that 
that's one thing you probably need a couple other skills to go develop. But if you're a non-finance uh, manager or leader, how do you start to develop those skills? It's an excellent question. And it is something that I think people tend to um, kind of uh, shy away from sometimes, just some of the things that they can do. Some simple, simple things. First of all, stay informed. It is so important that you stay on top of what's happening in the financial world. You can, there's all kinds of journals. Obviously, you've got the, you know, uh, newspapers and other reporting, but it's important for you to stay informed and read actually financial journals that are recognized financial journals. I think also listen to investor calls. If you're working in a publicly traded company, it is so worth, you will learn so much sitting on an investor call. Um, or, and if you're, or if you're a shareholder of another of a company, it's really important to listen to those investor calls. Uh, read a proxy statement. You know, as an attorney, those are the sometimes most painful things to, to read. If you're not an attorney, sometimes when you're an attorney, it's also painful but because uh, you're writing them. But <laughs> proxy statements can tell you so much, uh, particularly about risk. Um, I would say join the conference board or other organizations within your industry or industries that relate to your industry. So if you are in a situation where you are a software developer, uh, it's important for you to understand what supply chain, what's happening supply chain across the country. Um, I would also say ask to sit in on meetings where budgets and strategic investments are discussed. You can talk to your supervisor or maybe even if you're if you're close enough to the executive committee just to see if you could sit in one of those calls. It is amazing what you will learn when you hear other leaders talking about these things, the questions that they ask or the questions they choose not to ask sometimes are just as relevant as the ones they do ask. Uh, I think all of these things ultimately leads to confidence and 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 really kind of saying I I put the work in I understand what I what I don't know I understand you know there are things I understand I know what I know I know what I don't know and you work towards getting a better understanding of what you don't know and one of the things I just want to share is that sometimes and I feel very passionately about this that if you wanna if you have aspirations to be in the C-suite particularly CEO position particularly CEO it is critical that you that you own a PL. and sometimes it means taking a lateral role in the organization or even a step down uh, to own a PL. it is worth it it is so worth it because uh, owning a PL and understanding again the flow of money in and out will make you a better leader overall and make you a better strategist. It'll make you a better visionary leader. Um, and, and once you, get a, you have a handle on that financial acumen, then you can start focusing and developing those other leadership traits, you know, like compassionate leadership and all those other, we'll call them softer skill, incredibly critical leadership traits. But those are the ones you can start developing once you have a really strong hold on your financial acumen. We're talking about the importance of financial acumen for leaders. We're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. What does the future of work mean for your employees? How will your company navigate ESG? Will there be a global recession? At the conference board, our experts translate the latest research and economic analysis into insights and real-time problem-solving for your organization. Membership at the Conference Board provides your team with an assortment of knowledge from economics, marketing and communications, ESG, public policy, and human capital. As a member, you'll have access to our center experts, 
member-exclusive events, data and benchmarking tools, and peer sharing that will help you understand the present and shape the future. Consider becoming a conference board member today by visiting www.conference-board.org. Welcome back to CEO Perspectives. I'm your host, Steve Odlin, the CEO of the Conference Board, and I'm joined today by Maria Dowdy, the president and CEO of the Chicago Network. Okay, so we were talking about some of the ways, before the break, Maria, we were talking about some of the ways that people within an organization, public company, private company, not-for-profit, but some deeper in the organization can develop these skills. And you had a lot, a lot of really good ideas. But this is true also for people who aspire to be on a board of directors at some point, correct? Absolutely, yes. Yeah, and so that experience, so getting into you know some sort of, you said own the P&L, what you mean by that is a line role where you have some some level of of financial accountability, right? And and so now what do you do? So that you're in a non-financial position. What do you do? I mean, how do you sell yourself? You're in HR. How do you sell yourself into a cross-functional role that doesn't really play to where you are today? You know, I, I thank you for the question. So I was an attorney, right? And so lawyers usually don't own PL. We're usually a line item, right? You're you're um, usually a cost. I know it's uh <laughs> <laughs> we're usually a cost. Um, and so here's what you do. Here's what I did. I was fortunate enough, I had some wonderful uh mentors and support support uh executives that that helped me uh see get achieve different opportunities. I, I moved myself into a business operating role in the sense where I was the chief uh, legal officer for the regional operation of uh, of the company at the time. And during that uh, during that position, I was still serving as chief legal officer. I asked the president of the region to own a PNL of a project. I said, I, I, this is what, this is the experience I want. Please, please, I will do, I will do obviously my day job, but I want to take on another opportunity within the organization, within the regional organization to own a project. And she gave it to me and, and she gave it to me, uh, the opportunity. And it was a multi-million dollar project. And I worked with multiple cross areas within the organization to be able to understand how to operate and how to run that particular aspect of the business. And it was transformative for me. So it was, I asked for it. I stepped into the role and asked for an opportunity to do something that was clearly out of my uh, area of expertise. I, I did it with guidance. I wasn't doing it by myself. I was still leading the project, but I made sure that I surrounded myself with people who were very, very um, uh, comfortable and actually experts in the space. Uh, and she kind of gave me the opportunity to lead that lead it. So that's what I would recommend. Yeah, and that that's a great example of where you're staying in your primary position. You're not taking your career off track, but you're getting involved in some project that that is you know an adjunct to what you're doing a lot of people don't like to do that because it you know it means kind of more work i've got two jobs almost right but but i mean it, you know what is it other than going you know that's like going to school you you have to learn and so you've got to make room for personal development and that's kind of what this is right absolutely and i think it also what was really wonderful about the opportunity is it it, it allowed people who were 
who are always used to dealing with lawyers as, you know, those lawyers, right? They shake their <laughs> head and they're like, oh, they're just going to tell me no. And they, they, you know, they're not going to be partners, right? It allowed for me to have an opportunity to show the business unit that lawyers are business partners and that we can help propel the organization forward, propel the business forward, increase profitability while managing risks and making informed informed decisions. Yeah. Now, so that was one example. Now, you know, most organizations have multiple business units or divisions or or P&Ls that are that are groups. And those groups have multifunctional committees that that lead them, whether you call it an executive committee or management committee or, or whatever. So, you know, if you're in a division. So another way to do it is to is to, as you said, get assigned to one of those line uh, management divisions, e- even as a staff role and sit in on those meetings and become part of the leadership team. So an HR person gets assigned to a division and or a region as you you know in, in some companies they're they're done regionally but but then you you get to experience and watch but you have to pay attention. You can't just say I'm here for my you know for my HR role. I you really have to get involved in and throw yourself into it, don't you? Absolutely. And, and it's hard, right? Because you're, you know, you're, you're so your brain and your experience is attuned to listening to one, to really being laser focused in one area. So it does require you to stretch yourself, but it's it, in, in doing so, I promise you, like, I clearly realized that I loved the business side of the, of the company. Like I loved that operations role. And if I had not gone through that experience, I would not have realized how comfortable I was in that space. I mean, clearly it wouldn't have pushed me to this role, which I mean, I'm, I'm like you were leading nonprofit organizations. So we're st- you know, still running a business an operations role. Um, and it was, and I feel like I am much more uh, comfortable in the role that I have now from an operations side, having had the experience um, that I had. So what are some other ways, you know, okay, so we talked about two ways. One is get on a project. The other is get into, you know, a, a role in, in, a, in a business. Any other ways that you can recommend that people could develop this acumen? Absolutely. I would join a nonprofit board of directors. I would I would get join a nonprofit board. It is tremendously helpful in, in increasing and aiding the development of your financial acumen. Um, first of all, it gives you the experience of being in a strategic oversight role. Um, you're in a dynamic space. It is a you're, you're running a business. Um, you learn how a budget assures that an organization uh, will deliver on its objectives. And when you're dealing with nonprofit roles, it's very mission and purpose focused, as you know. I would highly recommend serving on the finance and audit committee, even if you do not have experience and you're not comfortable, you know, you're, you're hesitant, do it, jump in, you will learn. Um, and learn, and it will help you learn to read financial statements. You'll understand all the things we talked about, um, but you're going to be doing it in a space that is dynamic. So it's it's moving, but you're not doing it alone. Uh, you're doing it because you're doing something that you're you're it's mission focused and purpose focused. So hopefully it's something that you 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 find, you have a, you have a commitment to. Um, but you're going to be with others that can help uh, instruct you and guide you and. I, I find it is a little bit easier than jumping into a for-profit board um, 
you know, you're, you're not going to be on the finance and audit committee of a for-profit board when you're, when you're, when you don't have the financial acumen that you need. to. No, it's because it's legally required that you have that. Acumen. Correct. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's the point. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think also, you know, there's an old saying that, you know, uh, how do you eat an elephant? Well, one bite at a time. Right. And so I think a lot of people kind of view this area and they go, I don't know anything about it. I'm going to have to, God, I just, I, you know, what do I do? Well, you know, you learn a little bit at a time. And I, I I have always found that, you know, if you go find somebody in an organization, you know, partner up with, a, you know, some finance people or a business person. And you don't have to do this, you know, say, you know, please sit with me for the next month and do nothing but teach me. But, you know, you can go, you can go borrow 15 minutes, a half an hour, explain to this to me, you know, how do you get this? Where, you know, where, what's the source of, so there is a lot of learning that you can drive just casually in in an organization with other finance folks, right? Oh, absolutely. And it's so interesting. And it's funny that you said that. Um, I think the finance folks are so approachable. I just find, and they want to help people understand finance. We're talking like they're really geeky, you know, finance folks that you know that every organization has. They love, love, love to tell their story. And they love to explain it because honestly, I think the, the people that I, um, telling the finance story is it's, it's a story. You cannot stand up in front of a group of people and talk about finance and, and, and have it not really be in a lay person's, um, type, right? You, you, those finance directors that are really, truly extraordinary in what they do, they're able to synthesize and be able to tell the finance story in a way that everyone understands. And so you got to find those, those people that, that, that love to be teachers. And I totally agree that they're the people that you can come, that you can, you know, really can sit down and ask them to explain something. And I guarantee you that they will. Most, most organizations, there's always people there that will, will be willing to, to, to mentor or to take the time to explain what they do within the organization. Well, you know, the, everybody learns differently as well. And some people learn by reading. Okay, well, there are books, lots of books out there and sources out there that um, are, are finance for non-finance professionals. And, you know, the Dummies series is uh, is an example of, of the ABCs of it. But, you know, honestly, you can go on YouTube and find little tutorials that uh, explain to you, okay, this is this is a PNL. Okay, here are the, uh, here are the, is revenue and here's what goes into revenue here are the expenses you know it it and it, it sometimes helps to do it just really at a basic level actually those are sometimes the best courses for finance people who are so stuck in the weeds they forget how this all works together right because the the cash flow goes right from the PL you start with the profit you know the cash that comes out of the business and then yada 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 anyways you know it it is not the same as learning to program Fortran <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm with you on that 100%. Yeah. So um, other suggestions for these folks? Um, I, I know this is going to sound a little, a little crazy for some, but there are a lot of local universities that may have little executive programs and maybe seeing if your company will support you in an executive program where it's a two week program or maybe it's it's 10 hours and you would go and take a night course or you would even take you know it could be that it's a seminar course but i would see what's available within your community 
and um, and kind of support that ecosystem within your community and 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 go back to school and, and not to get a degree, but just to just sit in a room um, and and maybe hear a professor speak. Uh, or even have, you know, there's so many wonderful people who are adjunct professors who are actually in those roles that are that are willing to sit in and, and, and help train others. So I think that's something that is definitely worth the investment. And particularly if you can find a company, uh, if your company is going to support professional development, that is very, very well worth the time. Yeah. And there's a lot of these uh, courses now that are virtual, you know, where and, and, and snackable, as I say, so you can you know, you can take them online, either live or in a replay uh, fashion as well. And, you know, various associations have these these kind of courses as well. But I, I guess, you know, coming back to this, you don't have to start with, you know, finance 401. You know, you start with the basics. And, and uh, you know, I think, you know, everybody has a household or runs a household in some fashion, has a savings account, has a credit card. And a lot of the a lot of what we do in our personal lives is analogous to the way the businesses are run too. So, um, you know, it, it can be really simplified for people. Yeah. I mean, a good rule of thumb is don't spend more than you earn. <laughs> right. Cash out, cash out cannot exceed cash in. And if we taught our children that, and if schools taught that we would not have the credit crisis we have today. So. I, I would agree with you a, a thousand percent. All right, Maria. Thanks so much for joining us today. Steve, thank you so much. It's been my pleasure. And thanks to all of you for listening in to CEO Perspectives. Every week, I'll be joined by a prominent thought leader to provide insights on the issues of our time. We'll cover leading topics in geopolitics, economics, public policy, and more. Please share CEO Perspectives with your colleagues, with your friends, with all of your finance partners. I know they're going to want to listen. I'm Steve Odlin, and this series has been brought to you by the Conference Board. You have been listening to CEO Perspectives, a podcast by the Conference Board.